We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome. To the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Waste Management Open Picks, DraftKings Ownership, the Weather, and a viewer chat for all of you out there. Just a reminder, if your question is shit, you're getting banned for life. And who determines that? Pat Mayo does. Because it's my chat. But thank you all for tuning in anyway. Smash the like button to the video, please. And if you want to get in a giveaway for $100, you go. To Apple Podcasts, or hit the... Actually, I don't know if it's in the description. I don't know if Paul put it in the description or not. Is it there? It's not right now. But you go back to yesterday's show, you go back to Monday's show with Jeff and Ben, or even the solo show, you find the link, or just search Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix, where I have a one-and-done show up there right now on the audio podcast. You leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts after subscribing... You leave the review, Twitter handle, and something nice about the show, or your email and something nice about the show. That way I can identify you if you win one of the draws for $100, and you can go do that. So please support Mayo Media Network. There's another new show launching. It's going to have Euro, it has Euro Golf up there, some winning uh, esports bets, NASCAR, UFC, one and done golf, soccer is going to be up there as well. Short form content to the point, let you know what is going on this week if you want to get some action on some of these other sports. Also, all of the information I provide today is going to be coming from FantasyNational.com. If you don't have a membership to FantasyNational.com yet, give your head a shake, pals. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. All the stats, all the tools, everything you need to get ahead in golf betting. Golf DFS or just understanding golf better. It's all there for you. The most customizable stat database on the planet, plus all of the great tools, the simulator, the modeling, the lineup generators. It's all there for you. So get that discount. Get your ass over to fantasynational.com slash mayo. Let's kick it off with the picks for the week. Not a giant card for me, to tell you the truth. Uh, as I discussed with Raza on the DraftKings show and with Ben, 
uh, with uh, sorry with Jeff on the betting show. Like I have a very poor handle on this week. I'm so scared of the four guys, five guys really at the top are just going to go one of those guys is just going to go crazy and run away with this that it's really limiting what I'm doing in the betting market and really how I'm adjusting for my DraftKings team so maybe even just talking it out and hearing your questions this week can help me get a better grasp on it but what I'm looking at right now is just hoping one of those guys doesn't win going farther down the card and decreasing my exposure so the three bets that I have in on outright winners Bubba Watson 50 to 1 Ricky Fowler 50 to 1 with a top five each way, along with Ricky and Brooks Kepka, 55 to 1. Hopefully, one of these guys recaptures their former glory and can go out and put a scare into Xander or Rom or Rory or JT. Uh, no bombs as of yet. I will update the cheat sheet when I release it later on in the day. If I add anything, there's one bet I'm thinking about putting on. It's John, uh, top 10 or top 20, but I have not placed it as of yet. So, can't give it out on the cheat sheet because I haven't actually placed the bet. So, no bombs. Top 10 plays Sebastian Munoz at 9 to 1. First round leaders, all with the top five each way. Number one, I rarely dip below 100 to one in the first round leader market, but I'm going with Bubba at 50 to one. He's minus 49 in 14 first rounds at the Waste Management Open. He's a hot starter in Phoenix, so if I'm going to bet him to win, I might as well try to capitalize on him going ham in the first round as well. So he's 50 to one with the top five each way. Charlie Hoffman, I don't want to use him on DraftKings or bet him because he might withdraw, but hey, give me a first round leader on old Chucky Hoff, 100 to one. James, Hundred and ten to one. Killa Keith Mitchell one sixty. Nasty Nate Lashley two hundred to one. Local guy and Grayson Murray two hundred and twenty five to one for the first round leader market. And the one and done this week in our small one and done. I took Xander Shoffley. Jeff took Webb Simpson and Cust took Louis Oosthuizen. I will probably not be using Xander Shoffley in the giant race for the Mayo Cup again. You can hit up Mayo Media Network. The YouTube channel, which you should help us out and subscribe to, by the way, because that short video that's also in podcast form is up there right now, too, where I talk through what I think that people are going to do in the one and done this week. It's like a 10-minute video uh, to the point, let you know like where I'm thinking and what the ownership might end up being for the one and done. So please go check that out as well, even after you've done this. Or hell, you can tune out of this, tune back in later, and go check that out now. Or sub to that podcast daily, Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix. Thank you. Weather for the week. Not much on the weather front. Not a whole lot of wind. It looks like it's going to be nice and sunny. Uh, the, the most wind I see over the course of the four days is at 5 o'clock on Thursday, where it might get up to 10 miles per hour. So it's going to be very calm conditions in Phoenix. It's not going to be cold. It's not going to be rainy. Seems perfect for golf, to tell you the truth. It's going to be in like the mid-60s most of the week. It might breach up, uh, you know, maybe into the high 50s in some of the mornings. We'll see about that, though. But I wouldn't be too concerned about weather whatsoever. Not worried about an AM, PM draw. I've put the link to the wind finder tower I use to get this research into the live chat if you want to check that out right now. DraftKings ownership from FantasyNational.com. Right now, the five highest owned players we're looking at for the moment, and again, this is still on Wednesday afternoon. People are still yet to generate lineups. Just over 10,000 total lineups have been generated by players on FantasyNational.com for DraftKings right now. By the end of Wednesday, that's probably going to be like 25,000. So bigger sample, more accurate data to work off of. But right now, the most generated players in lineups, Daniel Hauserberger, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, and Will Zistrel Zalatoris will be your top five. At least that's what it's looking at right now. Uh, if we just kind of go into little pockets, it looks like Bubba 
is going to be the highest owned of the 8K guys. Uh, Russell Henley also trending up with a lot of ownership. Corey Connors, Max Homa, and Sam Burns, along with Norlander and Kirk in the sevens, garnering a lot of interest, as is Brennan Steele. And Sebastian Munoz down at the very bottom might crack double digits. And other than that, if we're talking about the 6Ks, no one projected in the double digits at this moment, but... Cameron Tringali, Matt Jones, Kyle Stanley, Harold Varner, and Doc Redman, Matthew Neesmith, the Knights who say Neesmith, uh, are all like mid five, six, seven percent type of players. They'll probably end up coming in lower than that, to be perfectly honest with you. I have my pivots column up on ftndaily.com right now if you want to check that out. So ftndaily.com, you should see it right away going up there underneath the golf section. And the one player who really stuck out to me, uh, and I triple-checked this a whole bunch of times to see where the interest was resting, and it actually makes a lot of empirical sense once you figure out how people actually have to construct their lineups. But I'm not saying this guy's going to be like 3% or even 7%, but like 9 10 11 12%, like that range. Hideki Matsuyama at $9,800. And I was like, how are people not making Hideki chalk this week. No, he didn't have a great tournament at Farmers last week. But when you look back at his two wins at this course, he didn't have a good week at the Farmers those weeks either. Last time we saw him previously to the Farmers Insurance Open was at the Sony Open where he couldn't make a putt, yet led the field in tee to green. We know he can putt here, at least you know he's done it in the past, which is something always to watch out for. But he's played 25 rounds in his career in Phoenix. He's been under par in those rounds in 24 of them. I can see myself starting a lot of lineups with Hideki and just basically going full fate on the 10K guys and hoping one of those guys doesn't win. Uh, I think that Xander is the safest of those guys. Obviously, they can all win this event. Uh, so you have to get a lot of luck that way. But if Hideki's going to be like legit, like 12% owned here, I don't see why you wouldn't use him. And again, it makes sense. All of the guys above $10,000, I thought initially that Rory might come in under own, but it's not looking that way at all. Like they're all going to press like 17% ownership. So a lot of people are basically taking one of those guys and then going directly to Daniel Berger and using Daniel Berger in their lineups at $9,600 or they're double pairing up inside of the top uh, over $10,000. Now, you can definitely make your teams that way and it can be a very viable strategy. It'll just be more common than I think a lot of people are thinking right now. But because Berger is likely to be the highest-owned guy on this slate, probably the most popular one-and-done pick this week, although he has been used in a lot of places, and Webb Simpson. So Berger is $200 less than Hayeki. Webb Simpson, who's coming in around like 18% ownership more than likely, at $300 more than Hayeki, he's just getting sandwiched out of the DraftKings pricing. So I thought that was really interesting. And then even at the bottom where you have M and English and Palmer, like those guys aren't going to be highly owned either. I I doubt they crack double digits to be perfectly honest with you. So pivots in the 9k range, if you can stomach it, uh, could be a nice way to give yourself some leverage with guys that are clearly a tier two versus the top four and web. If we want to chunk all those guys together, but we've seen sort of like the tier two superstar win this event in the past. Those are the guys who end up winning. You got Brooks uh, before Brooks was Brooks. I mean, listen, I bet Brooks this week. I, I still think that he can be Brooks, but I wouldn't be putting him in like cash game lineups or single entries uh, on DraftKings this week because it's very volatile when it comes down to him. But you've seen Ricky win in the past, Hideki win in the past, Gary Woodland win in the past. So it's not just John Rahm who wins every year. In fact, he's never actually won this tournament despite never, never coming worse than, I think it's 16th. Xander's never finished outside the top 25. These guys can still be good, but you can still get away with fading them if they don't end up winning or coming in second and you get the guy who does end up winning. So I think there's a lot of strategy going on this week because as I discussed with Ben on that show, that 
it's just really tough to make lineups this week and hard to cross people off your list and leave them out of your lineups because you can make a very compelling case for a lot of these players at their price point. The prices seem pretty dead on here. Um, as it goes down to it. So the only other sort of thing that I've looked at, Matthew Wolf um, is 87%. Obviously, he's dealing with the blisters on his hand from Torrey Pines last week. That might make me end up full fading him. I don't know if I want to go with a guy that maybe he can just wear a glove and it's all fine. And maybe last week was just overblown because he was out of the out of contention. He's like, screw this. Uh, I'm just going to go on to next week. I do like his skill set for the course. He actually made the cut here as an amateur. Missed the cut a year ago. And I think that he is, it's just the pricing with him for me doesn't work out at $8,700. Like I'd rather play Brooks. I'd rather play Bubba. I'd rather play Ricky. And honestly, I'd probably rather play Louie at those all similar price points than gamble on Matthew Wolf, who I don't know where his health status is at. All things being equal. Yes, you're going to get the lowest owned percentage on him, but he's not like significantly lower than Louie or Brooks at this point. So if it was like he's 1% and everyone else is 10% or 15%, I feel like that would would be a lot different game theory wise but if you have equivalent options at the same ownership and no health risk associated with them i just don't see why you would need to gamble on it i'd be far more willing to gamble on someone like jason day who's going completely unowned surrounded by very chalky options at a cheaper price point that is far more compelling to me than matthew wolf at a higher price point amongst guys who i want to use anyway so now that's my quick take on those guys and their health status coming into the week This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Do you love cereal? I used to when I was a kid, and then I stopped eating cereal for the longest time. I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar, and I didn't really want to start my day off with a bunch of sugar. I wanted to eat something that was, you know, healthy and didn't make me feel like garbage 20 minutes later. But I've actually gotten back into cereal lately, both in the morning and then as like an evening snack in between. You know, when I get home, I don't always eat lunch, and I, boom, pile some magic spoon in my mouth. I'm feeling good because I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and just unhealthy food in general because, you know, I'm on camera. I don't want to have sugar bloated face the entire time. And I realized I really couldn't eat anything anymore. And with the new year, I was trying to eat better, but healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring all the time. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without all the bad stuff. So when I talk about my breakfast routine, sometimes, you know, I'm on the go and I stop in here, I stop in there, grab a breakfast sandwich, and I really actively stop doing that. Or... When I stopped doing that, I just didn't eat anything for breakfast at all. I didn't start my metabolism, and sometimes that's not always the best. I mean, you you don't need to eat breakfast at 5 o'clock in the morning, but you should have something to kick off your day, and Magic Spoon really does it for me because it's very quick. I can have it immediately as soon as I get hungry at any time throughout the day and really enjoy it. Zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Comes in four flavors, coca, fruity, frosted, and more. And it tastes amazing. Honestly, it's too good to be true. Plus, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. I've been pounding back the frosted, and I got to tell you, it's pretty good. I think you should try it out. So go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use one of our promo codes, aka promo code mayo at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo, M-A-Y-O, to save $5. 
we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. Let's jump over to the live chat to see if anyone's over there right now. Oh, there we go. We got some questions right now. Any Augie love? Jog Augustine? No, not really. Who are your five favorite players below $7,000 on DraftKings this week? I don't know because if I do go with the theory that I'm going, and it's not to say that I'm not going to use guys above $10,000. I don't want to make it seem that way, but I think my main lineups well, probably if I, if I do go above 10K, it'll probably be Xander. I think that's where I've come down on just because he's been so safe. Five top five finishes in his past seven starts have. He's made the cut in a full calendar year. He hasn't missed a cut. So maybe this is a spot where he can go out and miss. I don't know. He just seems the safest floor option. But if I'm starting my teams with Hideki, which I think that I might end up doing, I don't see a whole lot of reason to go down into the 6500 even $6,800 range. So that would leave me. And you can check out my cheat sheet. It's up right now on DKNation.com to have either uh or Munoz at 72 and 7100 as my low as my cheapest guys back end players in these lineups. But if you are gonna go down into the sixes, you got Keegan at 69. I can always be I can always be talked into some Keegan Bradley life. Uh Keith Mitchell at 64, Will Gordon at 63, Patty Harrington at 62. I have a star next to Davis Riley and Grayson Murray right now, but I'm probably going to pass on those guys for DraftKings purposes. I just don't trust them at all. And even if they do have a good round and make the cut, their blow potential is so high. Actually, if Riley gets through to the weekend, I actually do like him a little bit more, but Grayson's just shown such a propensity to blow up in one of these rounds that, you know, if he makes the cut, that's great and everything at his price point, but if he comes last of everyone who makes the cut, it's still not really moving the needle for you. So Adam Law, actually, no, he's in the $7,100 range. I mean, Raza loves Kyle Stanley. I can get behind Kyle Stanley. I think he's a fine play. Ryan Moore has played well at this course in the past. You can try to get a rebound on Harold Werner that, hey, it was his first time out. He's going to be fine this week. I can definitely buy all of those. I just feel like there's a greater, higher degree of risk in that range, which because they're priced lower, that's probably the case, than I feel with someone in this entire range of like Hunt and Munoz are my two favorites, but you also have Straka and Russell Knox and Luke List uh, and Emiliano Grillo and Bjorn Hanan. All those guys are there. I just think those are better options at the back end if I don't need to just... I don't like enough guys in the $6,000 range to be like, oh, screw it, I'll use two 10K guys. Not a problem whatsoever. That I think I want to go with a more balanced build this week. So that's how I'm constructing my lineups, obviously. Um, I don't win at this all the time or or frequently at all. So doing the opposite of what I do might be the move. Awesome hoodie. Yeah, fantasynational.com slash mayo. Get yourself in there. Is this a good buy low spot on Joel Damon at... $6,800. A local guy did play on the Outlaw Tour at this course. I believe it was at this course uh, before the pandemic uh, and like the the COVID return ended up happening. I don't even know what Joel Damon's really been up to. It's just he's not necessarily my favorite player out there. The putting hasn't been good for him recently. He's missed both of his cuts so far this year. I see nothing from him besides him being local, and maybe that's enough uh, to push you over the edge on someone like Joel Damon, but he's just not doing it for me this week. No, so someone got banned. Oh, Paul, you were banning people? I didn't even get to it. Yeah, Fun. yeah Nate had to go. 
Nate had to go? Nate had to go. Let me just, let's just say that. All right. Don't even want to pay any mind to it. Any worries about Homo losing two strokes off the tee? Does that matter much if you don't end up behind a cactus? I don't think so as much. Although we have seen, as long as he's aggressive off the tee and it doesn't cripple him, there's not a whole lot of water he can hit it into this week. And this is sort of the Max Homa game plan. He's going to get super hot and be awesome for like 75% of the round. And then he's going to try to find a way to give it all back in the other 25% of the round. I know he did. He was, I don't know if he still does the podcast with Shane Bacon. Shout out, shout out Shane for being at the Golf Channel now. You know, a friend of the show, Shane Bacon. Uh, he was doing the podcast with Max and he always tries to point out like the psycho scorecards. Max Homa enjoys himself a psycho scorecard. He's going to be incredibly chalky this week. Uh, so just know that going into it, if you don't want to play that volatility or you think that volatility could swing himself out of making a cut, maybe that's a reason enough to fade him. I don't know. Like I prefer Corey Connors to Max Homa in this spot. Uh, both of them coming in with elevated ownership in that price range. Um, I could see a reason to get away from him. I don't think that you necessarily have to get away from him because I think that he's starting to show that you know he's going to be up there. And it just takes one to click for him every now and again. And all of a sudden, Max Home is pretty good. So I like him a lot here. Um, I don't think that the struggles off the tee need to be so much. Why Ricky over Woodland pretty much at the exact same number? Didn't love what I've seen out of Woodland. Uh, he was fine two weeks ago, but with Ricky, I just find it very encouraging that right now the biggest detriment to his game through two starts has been his putting. And Ricky's a good putter. Uh, the irons have been really good. That's where he's struggled over the past 12 months is hitting irons. He's gaining a bunch off the tee. He's gaining with his irons all of a sudden that get him back to a happy place where he's pretty good at making some cuts. And then oh, maybe I just want to be in on Ricky this week. I, I don't think that there's actually that big of a difference between them at the same numbers, uh, but I'm going to plant my flag on Ricky and Phoenix over Woodland, who has a win here. It's not like he's bad at this course whatsoever, but I'm just liking what I'm seeing out of Ricky right now. Kyle Stanley or Munoz? Munoz for me. Redmond, Glover, or Werner? I am personally not playing any of these guys, but I think I like Werner's skill set the best. Ricky made one putt in the five to six foot range last week. He makes 10 of those or nine of those. He's minus seven. He's a top 10. That's what I'm saying, man. It's the putter that's been holding him back. And I tweeted out, if you go to at the PME right now, uh, and you dig through all of the garbage promotional tweets, I fully recognize that I am one of the worst Twitter follows. Although I do interact with people. It doesn't just pop up on the timeline. But I put out the putters on fast courses and putters historically at this course. Ricky's been excellent at this course over the years. So uh, I like, that's another reason why I like Hey, Pat. Great work as always. Thanks for tuning in, DS. Any love for Zing, Zhu, Zhang, the Chinese bad boy? Hey, maybe it's the week of the cheaters. Known cheater, Zing, Zhu, Zhang, which is not how you pronounce his name, but that's how I pronounce his name. Did make the cut last week. That was nice. Posted elite numbers around the green the past two weeks. Seems to peak up on these desert-type courses. Top 25 here in his debut. Hey, you know what? I think that's a pretty compelling case if you want to go with Zhang. I'm not going to talk you out of it because I'm a fan of the Chinese bad boy. Uh, who are your favorite guys between 75 and 7,000? Not name. Uh-huh. Kind of just went over that, but to reiterate, Munoz would be my other favorite from in there. Can Benny Ann finally put a full week together at this course? Guy has bent me over on Sundays here. Me too, Zach. Me too. I think I've been betting Benny Ann at this course every single time. Probably a better bet, to be perfectly honest with you, than, I mean, it's not that he's a bad price at 7.3, but people are on Ben Ann this week. And 
it's not even just the putting with him at this point that kind of gets him off track. It's just one thing every single week. Like he'll probably end up making the cut. Then he'll like forget how to drive. Uh, he was sixth at the Amex uh, and he was particularly bad around the greens, which is not a staple. It was actually the first time he had lost strokes around the greens since Memorial, which is a weird comp course for American Express uh, as we've seen over the years. And he actually lost at work day too. That's kind of interesting that those are the only places he struggled around the greens maybe the green complexes are very similar like he lost almost nine strokes putting last week the problem is that's more likely in his range of outcomes than gaining strokes putting ever so i'm gonna probably end up if you want to play like a top 10 on ben ann or just use him on DraftKings, like that's fine um betting him to win when he's not like over 100 to 1 is kind of a tough sell for me at this point first round leader on twitter Ben Coley noted that most of the recent FRLs have come from the PM tee times. Are you concerned about the Bubba bet? Not really. Um, I think that when you get into one round of data, um, especially with what we're seeing right now, temperatures, wind, everything being basically equal between the AM and PM, I think that's a narrative more than any sort of empirical data can really tell you in terms of being an actual predictive value. That could bear out to be true once again. It could bear out not to be true once again. And it might be a situation where they're stacking the better players in the PM wave too. So uh, I wouldn't put much into it. If you want to play on that, listen, there's no right or wrong with this. We don't know what's going to happen. Maybe that is a true thing here and the results are just fleshing that out. But I see no reason why that would be the case right now if it was particularly cold in the morning versus the afternoon which at least by the projections that i see is not going to be the case then i wouldn't do too much about it i missed the beginning uh so i apologize if you mentioned what do you think of zelatoris everyone seems to be on him but ownership projections i've seen don't seem too high fantasy national is number five in terms of overall projections this week i think that he's more of a darling in the betting market and people don't need if people bet him maybe they don't feel the need to play him on DraftKings. i think he's going to be incredibly popular i'd say for sure above 15 percent, maybe pushing 20 percent in larger contests this week so um, i don't know if i'm going to use him or not or if, whether or not i'm going to end up betting i know jeff bet him so you can get him on that and, and like i said like you said he's a very popular play this week pat does russell henley bounce back from a missed cut last week i mean maybe Things happen in golf that I don't necessarily see coming. The irons have been good. Um, not a coastal course where you generally want Russell Henley, but all the numbers reflect him over the past 24 rounds. I actually believe he's still number one in the modeling. So the stats love Russell Henley this week. It's just, he's not doing it for me. Fade Willie Z with all the hype this week. I think on DraftKings, I probably will end up fading him. And then I'm going to look on Sunday and he's going to be inside the top five. And I'm going to be like, that was dumb to fade Will Zalatoros. But I do like the guys all kind of around him. Like uh, if I can get, you know, Ricky at half the ownership, Bubba is going to be probably around the same a little bit less than Zalatoros. But, you know, Brooks is going to be one third the ownership. You know, I'm just going to take a collection of those guys and then feel like an idiot at the end of the week. That's usually how my lineups end up going. So... Justin Thomas in a one and done or hold for later in the year. Uh, I talked about Justin Thomas, um, not necessarily at length because it's a short video, in the one and done video that's up there right now. Once again, please subscribe to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for that new podcast, please subscribe and download all the episodes. That helps out our network, keeps everything free, allows us to do more content that you Listen, if you support the stuff that you give no fucks about, you might it means that we can do more shows, that we might actually end up doing shows that are a particular niche for you in particular. Then we'll need other people to support those shows that don't give a fuck either so we can 
can keep doing them. So that's why we need the community at large to really help out with all of this. But if you leave the five-star review on that podcast after you subscribe and blindly download the podcast, leave your Twitter handle, something nice, email address so I can contact you if you win, you're going to draw for 100 bucks. So I'll just PayPal that to you and we're good to go. We might do multiple draws up there too. And hey, maybe you like Euro Golf and you want to know more about it. Maybe you like the UFC and want to know more about it. Maybe you want to check out the one and done and do more about it. I don't think anyone's going to use Justin Thomas in the one and done. And that's what makes him a very compelling guy this week. To me, I don't know if I can pull the trigger on him because there's only so many guys that you can use at these big events. And the way that I kind of explain it is, yes, if Justin Thomas wins the Masters and you don't have him to use and other people use it, you're going to fall way behind. But let's say he comes fifth at the Masters this year. Good result, a lot of money, but that's not as much money than if he wins the waste management or win or comes in second at the waste management and no one has used him that week. That's a lot of leverage you can gain on the field in the giant one and done. Now, the one that I'm playing with Cust, it's like... It's really the difference between playing in a 50,000-person GPP on DraftKings and playing in a head-to-head or a cash game, where do you just need a 50th percentile outcome and a safe play, or do you need to kind of go off the board a little bit, play some game theory with ownership? And the compelling case with Justin Thomas is, if no one's using him, we know he can win. That's not the issue. So do you worry that he's coming back from the Middle East? Yeah, sure. Do you worry that he's coming off a miscut? Sure, but this is the same reason that no one is using him this week. And if just, but let me ask you this, and maybe this is the single best way that you can think about the one and done. If Justin Thomas wins this week in Phoenix, are you surprised? I don't think that anyone would answer yes to that question. That means he can win. That means he's a viable candidate. And if you get him at like 1% or less than 1% ownership, I understand the idea of trying to burn him here if no one else is going to use him. So I think he's a very viable play. Would I love to save him for one of these other events where he wins? Absolutely. But I'm bad enough at predicting winners as it is anyway. And when you get him into those other events, it's not just four elite players. It's every elite player in the world at those events. So his chances of winning this tournament are actually higher than those other ones. So those are all different ways that you can think about the one and done going forward. How many players do you typically start on fantasy national golf clubs that change by tournament does change by tournament like where i have such a bad grasp this week uh and ben and i actually talked about this offline after we were done the show because i was really trying to grill him on like hey what did i do this week like i want to play i want to play some bucks i want to build some lines but i want to play everyone and he actually kind of mentioned it's kind of a week to to pull a cusp, plant your flag and really reduce your course. And normally I usually have between like 17 and 22 guys in my core for 20 or 25 lineups. The fewer the amount of lineups, the fewer amount of players you actually want to play. And last week I had a few more because I wanted to play so many Rom and Rory lineups. And I had guys in the $6,000 range I really liked, but I know that they're highly volatile and just, you know, shoving all in on one guy in the $6,000 range is never a great move. So I went very heavy on Rory and Rom and played them in like 75% of lineups. I wish I played them together more because it allowed me to build in the 6,000 range where I had like six guys in the low sevens where like I had another three and basically I just mixed and mashed all those guys together. So I had more players by and large in my lineups last week because of the structure of lineup I wanted to build. I knew who my core top guys were 
And I knew who I liked from that range, but had no real conviction. So I could narrow it down to like seven or eight guys. And then basically just play shuffle throughout my lineups and hopefully hit the right combination. This week, for me, I'm probably going to end up making a stand on how I end up playing my lineup. So for 20 lineups, I might only have like 14 guys. Um, that's the way that I'm thinking about playing it right now. I haven't generated any lineups yet. Uh, I think I can tell you right now how many guys I have stars next to. It is 18 players right now, but I have no one above $10,000 starred at the moment. And that will likely change uh, by the time I end up going to do lineup. So that's the move. Any interest in Bo Hogg or Harry Higgs? Not particularly this week. Snake draft. Um, not doing a snake draft live on the show. It really distracted me last week, and I felt like it detracted from the show. Also, when you do single entries, do you have one lineup for all of them, or do you multiples? I wish I had done. I usually try to do... Um, at the higher stakes one, because I'll play in the $200, which I'll review on Sunday, as you can laugh at me as I lose another $200 in that contest. Uh, and then I won't or won't do the $100 single entry, uh, which I'll play a different lineup floor, and that one will win, but that's not the one I'm reviewing, so it'll make me look like an even bigger more and make it look like I'm lying. But you can go look me up on that one for the $100, because uh, that lineup has been doing very well the past two weeks as opposed to the $200. But I try to play two different lineups. They have common players in them. Um, I don't have a real strategy for it. I'm trying to develop a strategy, because... I wanted to up my game this year. Uh, I had a lot of success in football playing the $100 and $200 and the $333 versus just dumping all my money in the $3 or the $20 or the Millionaire Maker and that kind of one. So I'm trying to imply, imply that strategy into golf because I had more success overall in golf versus football that I'm hoping shrinking down the tournaments means, you know, I'm not going to win $100,000, but I can win or come second in one of these tournaments, you know, $5,000 or $10,000. Like, that's good enough for me. I'm not, I'm playing less than $500 per week on this. So uh, that would be nice for me uh, going through it. Any evidence Steele won't suck this week and miss the cut? He's been striking the shit out of the ball the first two weeks. Uh, he's done that before and missed the cut here, but he has some nice performances here in the past too. I like Steele. Thoughts on Ryan Palmer? Ryan Palmer is going to be in my core. Trust me on that one. I might end up betting him this week too. This one just says Bo Hogg. That sounds like you're answering other people's questions. And we know the rules of the Pat Mayo chat is you answer other people's questions, you're banned for life. No one is asking you a question. They're asking me a question and you're now clogging up the chat. You're getting a pass. I'm throwing that out there to the peoples as of right now. Since you're not banned, smash the like button while we're out there, all right? Who's your long shot to make it inside the top 20? I don't know what qualifies as a long shot, but Johnny, uh -huh. Uh, at 7,100 would probably be my guy who does that. Um, and then going down the list, uh, I don't have any top 20 bets in. It might be Killa Keith Mitchell. Might be my guy at $6,400. Uh, the driving been really good for Killa Keith. That's not surprising. But now we're back on Bermuda. His jam, maybe he can make some putts this week. Luke List, 69, first round. All right, that's not a question. You might get banned for life, pal. Will Matsuyama bounce back this week? Already covered that. And he left for Ann, already covered that. Uh, thoughts on Shez and ownership? No one's going to be using Shez this week, and myself included. I just don't like where he's at right now. Got him at 3%. Ownership. If you just want to search any of these ownerships and use all the tools, fantasynational.com slash mayo to do that right now. Let's see. Shez, you know, Bat off the tee at Sony, came 67th, lost six strokes putting. You know, couldn't strike an iron whatsoever or chip at Amex. Uh, I just don't like where he's at at the moment, to tell you the truth. I'd like to see some love for him here. Any love for Adam Long? Yes. Price drop from 85 to 71 since he last played two weeks ago. He was a proponent of me losing money at American Express because he was in my lineup. He made the cut that week, but it was all putting related. The only reason he made the cut. I still like Adam Long though. Uh, he's a good tee to green player when he can get it going. Played well at this tournament last year. Everyone seems to be off of him. 
I listen, he probably ends up making the list here with me. How do you feel about Steele? I like Steele. Any interest in Matt Jones this week? Used a lot of Matt Jones last week, made the cut, didn't really do anything on the weekend, uh, kind of did not play well at all after the first round. Uh, let's, I didn't really do a deep dive onto what he was up to. Gained off the tee, couldn't chip. Played well at the South Course last week. You know, he's made seven cuts in a row. That's that's pretty interesting. Let's see. In his career, not been great here. He did make five cuts in a row between 2012 and 2017, but no finish better than 12th, and after that, no finish better than 36th. Lost on approach the entire time. Did what Matt Jones normally does and gains a bunch off the tee. That's great. Uh, but lost strokes on approach in his four past events here and gained a bunch putting to kind of tread water and gained off the tee, like I mentioned. Missed the cut here a year ago. Now, obviously, he's playing a lot better than he was a year ago. So what was his lead-in form like last year? Uh, 2020, Wampo had made cuts coming in too, almost identical to what he had been doing so far this year. Uh, although he had, the, he had the 21st at Amex, he had the 11th at Sony. Those are better performances. Made the cut, came 40th. I don't hate him, but I don't love him at the same time. And usually, usually that neutrality for me means he won't end up making it. Austin Cook, worth a play. Given the price, we're cramming two to three high price guys in. Eh, I think I like other guys better. I went through those. And he left for old Bob Shelton this week. I think this was a thing that Ben and I discussed yesterday. That old Robbie, has he ever strung together two good performances in a row in his career? Let's see, 25th at Sony, Miscut American Express, and then he came 16th at Firmer. Shriners and CJ Cup, 34th and... 21st, he is very volatile. Came third at the 3M, missed the cut the next time out at the window. Then he came 13th. The time to play... Bob Shelton, after he misses the cut this week, is probably like next week at Pebble or something like that. I, I don't really know what to do with him, to tell you the God's honest truth. Um, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are buying into what he did last week, and I'm kind of included in that. I, I like him long form, and listen, he's only $6,300. There are worse gambles out there than Robbie Shelton, but I just based on his track record, based on what he's done in the past, I don't know if I love him to do much this week. Thoughts on Laird? Yeah, listen, you can always sign me up for a Marty party. Uh, not first time loving it. Um, however, I mean, I can see, I think Laird might get some rub here. He's had a lot of success. He plays well at desert courses. I always like him better in windier conditions, and it doesn't seem like there's going to be a whole lot of wind this week. And as I mentioned, I like other guys in his range a lot more. Hey, Pat, first time listening here in a few months because your golf picks are trash. Oh, thanks. You're trash, pal. Thanks for tuning in, though. But I'm here for the entertainment, and I want to know what you think of Chalky Homa and Connors this week. Have a great day. You know what? You're kind of a piece of shit. I'm not going to answer that. Maybe do we yeah, ban we have, we have an influx of, uh, of people, I think, making burners and writing complete dog shit in the chat here so i'm working on it oh thank you trying to get trying to get them but they're just spamming spamming nonsense some of it's very racist they have gotten, oh good so we, we have racist pieces of shit coming into the yeah chat? we're kicking racist people out we so, yeah, so, we'll continue to do that so uh, I, i'm watching you guys i'm gonna ban you so you're you're Good luck making all of these burners and stuff. It's uh, eventually you're gonna tire out before I do. 
as I mentioned last week, if you're the type of person that makes burners to leave racist things in a free chat where I'm trying to you know, talk to the people, trying to help them out, uh, betterhelp.com. If you use slash mayo or code mayo, you get 10% off of that, and you can get a licensed therapist on the line with you at the comfort of your own home, so you don't need to leave your mom's basement or whatever, uh, and you can get the help that you clearly need. Uh, I highly suggest it. Betterhelp.com, code mayo, to get you that discount, um, and like I said, a licensed therapist can help you talk through a lot of these issues. Uh, how Highly recommend that you do it. In terms of Homa and uh, Hama and Connors, I like Connors more than Homa. I can see using them both, but again, like Jason Day's right there. I know it's way riskier, but he's going to come in at like one fifth the ownership. Uh, Sam Burns is also chalky in that range too. I wouldn't play all three of Homa, Burns, and Connors. I like Connors the most, so he might be the one who ends up in my lineup. I know English looks to be very underowned and one and done. How did he shape up in your model? Very good. Like Harris English is still rolling in the model right now. I mean, basically he had one bad round last week and everyone hates his guts all of a sudden. Um, and listen, I'm, I'm terrified to use him too, but I just think that if you are playing game theory, Harris English should do pretty well here. How popular do you think Xander will be in the Mayo one done? That I'm not sure of. Um, I can go look to see how much he's been used already. That's public information for everyone. If you just want to go click on Xander, I haven't made my selections yet, but if I want to type in Xander... Zanda, he's only been used by 4% of people in the race for the Mayo Cup right now. So he's widely available to everyone. People might be saving him for a bigger event, but where if you look at the ownership on DraftKings that he's going to be pretty chalky, uh, I could see him being like 7, 8, 9, 10% owned. It could be, I, I don't have a good gauge yet in trying to project out the ownership. Like I do think a lot of people will use Burger this week. Um, and I think that's going to suck up a lot of the ownership. And then everyone's going to be probably pretty flat, especially when you get up to the top end as last man in, in a single entry, Tringali or Byun-Hun An. Hmm. Probably Tringali is a cheaper price. He allows you to do more. And he's probably a bit safer than Ben Ang because Ben Ang can legitimately put himself out of a tournament. How about Brendan Todd as first round leader on DraftKings showdown? I don't know why I feel like those are two separate questions, but I'm not digging Todd really this week. Stanley Munoz or Strock and Norlander? I think I like Stanley and Munoz. Pat, I don't know. Yeah, we do have a lot of burners here, don't we? I see a whole bunch of like people banned for well, life. I, I guess it's, yeah. Pat, any chance people we can get a hair care routine? I mean, when you're Pat Mayo and you have to cut your own hair because of the barber shots are shut down, um, you can get a very embarrassing way to cut your hair from me. Uh, probably not the time or place for that, though. When playing 20 lineups in 100K GPP, what are the recommended highest percentage you should use on one player? That's all a personal preference. Uh, you can go 100% on one player. You can go like 50%. You just, if you're going to take a stand on someone, just try to be overweight on the field if you're going to play that many lineups. Kirk and Jones or Hadwin and Ann? Probably Kirk and Jones. If I bet $5 on a top five each way on Fowler at 50 to one, what does the payout look like if he finishes third? Now that would be if he gets, I mean, if he finishes third and T3 isn't more than top five. So if let's say six people tie for top three, like are all tied at T3, that would cut into your winnings a little bit. But if he comes in third, you're 250 on the each way, 30, 42 and a half. 
dollars on your two and a half because it would go two and a half dollars to the win two and a half dollars to the top five the top five would be cut into a fourth so that actually be 12 and a half to one so 12 and a half times 2.5 so you'd be up to 25 32 and a half dollars off your two and a half five dollar part of that bet if he ended up coming inside the top five and let's say tied for third with that smash that like dfs chef knows um shout out for me another shout for me, was Kucher just seems to always pop on these desert courses no matter what his recent form. Not a bad Sony, good round two, TD Green, couldn't putt any chance. For sure, another chance, another, listen, Kucher, I feel like he's almost passing the point of his career where all the places he had previously pre- played well at every single year are now coming more volatile where he's not just a lock to make the cut every single time because his game is deteriorating a little bit maybe we get a resurgence at a cooch but i don't think that historic cooch is the cooch that you need to apply to here he's just entering another phase of his career uh you can do it though like it at a firm yet reasonable level like hit at Vegas top 20 or reevaluate my models. I, I don't really know what to do with Vegas considering he pulled out last week with an injury. Don't know what that injury was. It might not have been an injury. He just withdrew last week for reasons unknown. Uh, that would worry me a little bit for that kind of thing. Will you be playing Norlander this week? Nah. You rarely talk about each way betting. What are your thoughts on the value? I usually do it for guys 50 and above for me, but sometimes I have to shop between sites, although everyone should use DraftKings Playbook if they have the opportunity to do that. I do not have the opportunity to do that in my location. Sometimes I get a better outright number on someone at a book that doesn't offer each ways, and I'd rather just take the larger outright number on them because sometimes it's like a 15 point difference and that's worth it to me um and it kind of depends on the player too like if i bet jason day i probably wouldn't even bet him with each way it's like he's either gonna like win because he's in contention or miss the cut um always that's just my stupid mind thinking about it there is a lack of value obviously if you play on like betfair or overseas and you get like a top eight each way that is far more compelling than the top five each way that i get up like the only each way that i played this week was on fowler at the top end and i tend to use it for like the longer shot type guys because i want to get something if they do end up in the mix uh, and give me a reasonable hedge opportunity on it as well do you prefer playing dk weekly or season long fantasy league one where you draft eight golfers i'd much rather play dk listen i'm in one season long fantasy like season long it's absolute shit like it sucks season long fantasy anything kind of fucking sucks at this point like let's just get in on a tournament get out on a tournament it's far more fun you can roll your money back over forward uh i much prefer that i play the season long more for the novelty value of it all and just because you know it's something to check in on for 20 seconds a week and just check in to see if my golfers are playing this week enter my lineup and just don't even think about it after that do you like will gordon as a cheap guy sure i do i'm using him this week pat what do you think of chris kirk this week good recent form might be a sneaky good play he's not sneaking up on anyone i hate to tell you on that he's gonna be double digit ownership and i do like him he's been a fine play he's been good do you feel that kazire's underpriced at 7k no in fact he might be overpriced at 7k oh run of deleted messages what is your favorite tournament of the season this is not the time for that we're talking about the waste management for telly or nick taylor I'm using neither. I'd probably go with Nick Taylor. Thoughts on Cooch? Just went over Cooch. More banned people. Should I add Rory or Webb to go along to with JT on my betting card? Like, if those are the only two guys you're playing this week, then yeah, you can afford to do that with the allocation of money. If you're playing people from farther down the list, then no, I don't think you have the room for it. You have to actually 
figure out what your total ROI between all these guys, if they hit, is going to be based on your investment as well. Uh, I would go with Rory um, over Webb in this spot just because, and it depends on where you shop too. Like I've seen Rory at 12. I like that 12 number on Rory. Now he's like 10 or eight in most places at the top. That's a lot of value being taken away just depending on the number that you get. Sungjae or Rory as the higher priced DK option. I mean, I'm going, I'm always going Rory in that spot uh, if you can afford between the two of those. What about the glove? His par five scoring is great and he can putt on these greens and is trending well. He's due, Pat. Then you use the glove. Uh, I got no real interest in him. Hadwin seems to be trending in the right direction. Now, I'd be curious to know what trending in the right direction means. I mean, he's going to gain six strokes putting per two rounds, two strokes per round at an event. Is that trending in the right direction when you can't drive, can't hit an iron and do everything with short game and putting? Maybe that can continue. I wouldn't bet on it. Any value on Laird Outright, or should I stick to top 10s, 20s? Probably top 20s uh, with that thing. Grio, a good pivot from Chalky Ben Ann. Yeah, let's go for it. They're like the same guy, so you might as well just go with one. Although Grio's irons have been bad the past two events, so I'm just probably avoiding both of them. Webb or Berger? Um, Webb. The Gooch, Varner, Burns, or Grio? Objectively, Burns. Hideki or Berger? I'm going Hideki in this spot. Uh, what else do we got here? We got people getting banned. Hideki or Berger? Hideki. Thoughts on these snake drafts that DK has been throwing out there this season? Those are kind of fun. Uh, I don't think I cashed in any of them last week because I was trying to draft one live on the show. Uh, maybe I'll throw one out to people who follow on Twitter tonight. Maybe I won't because maybe I'll be tired because I'm watching the challenge. Uh, but I might end up doing it. I, I think they're fun. And I think that they are a decent way to gauge value. Like if you're trying to understand DraftKings ownership a little bit, you can have projection systems. And then like the data that we have on Fantasy National, that's actually generated by the users and what they're actually doing. All good data points, but just throw 12 people into one of these snake drafts and see what the number one pick is taking and see like on your second pick on that mid-level, what they're taking, I think can tell you a little bit about where ownership's going. So even if you do the $1 one, it's like paying one buck to go do it and you can get money back on it. And I just think they're fun in general to do. So uh, I like them. I actually do like them a lot. Thoughts on Seb's Thraka? DB from TJ loves them. Well, I don't care what other people love. That's one thing you should know about me. I love DB. DB was on the show two weeks ago. I love the junkies, but I don't really care what they have to say in terms of who they're betting. I try not to listen to any of that because uh, you tune into the Pat Mayo experience to tell you what Pat Mayo does. And since Pat Mayo has been a big loser, then you maybe just want to fade what I'm doing. I was big on Stra Seb Straka last week. I used him a bunch. I bet him top 10. Obviously, he had a disastrous Saturday. Had a really nice Sunday. Could be good momentum going through. Uh, tends to putt better on Bermuda. Has good driving distance. I like Seb Straka objectively i'm glad to hear the db is on him too db's a super sharp guy so that gives that does give me hearing it after the fact some good confidence on seb straka unfortunately i like him less than i like munoz and uh on DraftKings, who are both in the same area so i'll have less of him than the other two guys filling in my outright card trying for one from the top range undecided on xander or rory i would probably take rory as an outright bet Missed the beginning of the show, so forgive it. Would you attack Thursday Showdown FRL? How would you attack? Would the I, it doesn't even. I already went over this, Vince. Uh, I have no real 
lean on it looking at it right now um, for anything the temperature might be up like it's going to be 68 at 4 it's going to be 64 at 11 like that's not a major difference in terms of temperature it might get windier marginally windier later in the day uh, but not enough to affect it for me uh, I mean it Stacking a T-wave for showdown is never a terrible idea because an advantage could open up and you could see a draw bias as it comes down to it because that just randomly happens from time to time. You get weather out of nowhere or just firmer conditions in the morning, softer conditions in the afternoon or vice versa. That could work out really well. So I'm never opposed to doing it, especially for a showdown contest where you're only trying to isolate a single round. I just don't see any evidence that it's going to be a massive difference. Chris Kirk or Norlander? I like what Norlander did last week, but I'm going to go with Chris Kirk. Johnny question marks or Kazire? Come on, man. When you're listening to the Pat Mayo experience, we're going to rep our guy, John, uh in that spot. Uh, Do you ever play Monday qualifiers? I have a hard on for Nick Hardy. No, I I don't play Monday qualifiers. Uh, Thoughts on Brian Harmon? I'm just always a hard pass on Brian Harmon. Make him 7,400 bucks and I have interest. I just like the other guys so much higher. Late to the party, so sorry. Uh, But can we get it? I already did the Han. You got to go rewind. I only got a voice for one of them per week. Seems like the Euro event this week is is slowly taking some players over any shot PGA finds a new week in the future for this event. I don't know. It was the strongest field this tournament's ever had, so I doubt it. Uh, and this was always the week before farmers and waste management switched spots years ago. So it used to be waste management, then farmers. I think farmers, because it would draw like the highest, highest sense, like AKA Phil and Tiger would play those events that they wanted to have it in the week where the NFL was off to get some eyes on Tory Pines. Cause you would have Tiger in the field. It would lead to higher ratings, better turnout for everything. And waste management's just always, it's the most fun event of the year. It's a, it's a party. And I think it goes hand in hand because it even dictates it's Sunday tea time. So it doesn't conflict with the Super Bowl. that you can go have a party time. You can get out to the course and it draws great attendance. It's the most attended event of the year when fans are allowed or full fans are allowed uh, every year that I don't think it feel, they feel like it takes away at all from Super Bowl. It doesn't, detract from then and like i don't see a big problem with the quality of the field and it's not like this is the first year that big names have gone overseas to go play at saudi each of the three years with the saudi big names have gone over and it's not like dustin johnson ever plays this event anyway and he got rory for the first time so no i don't think that's going to be an issue do you have mackenzie hughes in more than 40 percent of your lineups i don't kuchar the best pivot off connor's chuck no i would say it's probably jason day Jason Day or Cam Champ, who also no one is using, or you can just go up or just avoid that range. Um, any interest in Nylon Dylon Fratelli uh, at 6,900? Gained a bunch of strokes T to green last week and lost on the greens. I don't hate Fratelli, but again, I like that lower 7K region a little bit more than him. Stanley or Redmond? Stanley. Does the course play shorter than the yardage given the altitude? Thank you. A little bit, yes. Uh, second in overall driving distance uh, per drive at this event. Uh, right around 300 yards. The only place that's higher than that on the PGA Tour is WGC Mexico, which is played at even higher elevation. So when Gary Woodland here, and I always point to like Gary Woodland plays really well at shorter courses. Camp Champ does 
too, by the way, although he's just playing like crap recently. Um, that yeah, so at 7,250 yards, probably plays more like 7,100 yards. And my inside info at the course uh, from the people that I've talked to there is that where they're not putting up the grandstands, because this is such a high, like just having been there and walking around, there's grandstands everywhere and they take up a lot of real estate. Those grandstands are not there on most of the holes this time around. And the example that I was given was on the 18th where there, there's no hospitality suite, because that's where a lot of people congregate here, is that you can miss left now. So when you look at the 18th hole, how can I draw this out? So you have the green, you have the tee box, you have this big lake. It doesn't go as far as that. Let's just call this the landing area. And we'll call this green. And we'll call these like the pew bunkers that are right on the side and the fairway over here. So that's rudimentary drawing of how 18 looks. So here's the tee box. Here's the fairway. Here are the bunkers. Here's the water. Here's the landing area where the grandstands normally are. Here's the green. So what players normally do is try to cut it off to land right here. And some guys can get away with it because they're long drivers or they're accurate off the tee, but there's such a huge penalty by missing left or missing into the water or hitting it like basically OB into these grandstands and having to take a drop, or you end up in these bunkers, which you can still make birdie out of and get it on the green, but some of them are highly tilted. You could get a bad liar. Most guys lay up to this area. There's also bunkers over here as well, but then just give yourself like 150 in. Guys this year... I don't know if they can actually drive the green, but they're going to be like, Bubba is going to take this route off the tee on 18 to get to the green because you can miss over here now and potentially not be extremely penalized for it. So I think you're going to see a bit more aggression off the tee on some of these holes than we've ever seen before just because the infrastructure is not necessarily in place. I could be completely off on that, but if I was an aggressive driver, which I'm not because I suck at driving a golf ball, but just knowing how the shot shapes some of these guys work, I think that's a viable strategy for them. So around the green might come into play a little bit more for some of these bombers that take a more aggressive line off the tee to try to tr potentially drive something or leave themselves with like 30 yards. At least that's my take on it anyway love the show thanks for all your hard work thank you kevin uh new to the mayo cup this year thoughts on between the three of hideki bot jt and burger for me it would go jt hideki burger bubba web rom or xander in the one and done eh, it's a good spot to use bubba if there ever ever was one but i think he's going to be popular Rom or Xander for me? Let's go Xander. If you're putting money on Bubba for a top five, would you go to the whole tournament or just first round top five? Both pay the same? Probably. That's why I, I didn't go top five with him, but that's why I bet him first round leader and to win overall. I think the first round is probably the move to do. What style of lineup tends to claim the top prize in GPP? Studs and duds, average, if any stats say on that. There's no, it depends on the GPP for one thing and how many people are in it. And honestly, we're not... No two golf tournaments are created the same. So it all really depends on how the leaderboard shakes up. There's no one steadfast rule to what happens. Like if two studs end up at the top, like last week, you could have got away with a more balanced approach. Like you didn't need Rory and Rom. That helped me because the construction that I had led me to the players that didn't flame out of my lineup. So that was just good luck on my part. But if you had used Reed and who else came in second last week? Like Reed, Palmer, 
Norlander, and like that type of, like if you just went Reed Palmer at the top and played like balance with Zalatoros all in that mix as well. Like you could have done studs and duds and duds uh, Reed and Xander or Reed and Finau and, and really won money that way. But I can also give you an example of a balance build that also did really well last week. So it's, there's not really a steadfast way that you can get there. Uh, you just need to find the guys who finish inside the top 10. Uh, and any way you can do that is going to be the correct way to build rom or jt in the one and done probably jt because there'll be less around can you explain the each way option sure and obviously this is not available at most sports books especially i don't think that any of the legal sports books in america right now offer this maybe some do uh, i'm just not aware of them this is more of an international type of thing being an international i have access to these markets the canadian version of the each way not as good as the british version or the australian version of the each way hopefully one day we can get behind that but Essentially, what you're doing is cutting your bet in half. So if I bet on, let's say, a player this week, Will Zalatoris at 40 to 1, and I play him with the each way. If I bet $100 on Will Zalatoris 40 to 1 with the each way, 50 of those dollars goes to the 40 to 1 for him to win. The other $50 goes to the each way option on that. And every each way is different. For me, it's top five at one fourth the odds. Uh, I believe in Britain, in most places, it's one fifth of the odds, but you get eight places. So uh, on that 40 to one, I would get uh, one fourth of that. So it'd be 10 to one on my $50. So I get $500 back on that. Um, No, is that right? 10 to one. 50. Yeah, I would get $500 back on that, but I would lose the $50 that went along with him winning. So if you win, you get both of both sides of the bet. Um, if you do, obviously, like the, he would have to come inside the top five. If you get the eight way, eight places each way, if he comes inside the top eight, you would get one fifth of that. What's, what's the fuck is 40 divided by eight? Seven and a half, seven and a half, 15, 30. No, nine, nine point something. Maybe. No, it'd be divided by five. What the fuck am I talking about? 40 divided by five is what? Nine, eight, eight. You would get eight to one on your money on the $50 uh, rather than the 10 to one, but you get more places out of it, with, which frankly is probably worth it more than that. But that's how you do it. Hey, Pat, first time listener, kind of nervous. That's okay, Camden. As long as you don't leave racist stuff in the chat or just be a moron, you're good to go. Glad to have you on board. Thanks for tuning in. Smash the like while you're at it. Thoughts on Jerry Kelly or Grayson? I don't know why you'd be playing. I don't know why you'd be playing either, but I already went over Grayson Murray. Do you think it was Grayson Murray in the chat that you keep banning? Hey, I said play Grayson Murray as a first round leader. Yeah, I mean, it would it would be on brand. Adam Long or Zalatoris? Zalatoris, for sure, without context of what this decision is. Do you think throwing 4K on Hughes? For top 10 is a lock? Absolutely fucking not. Once the tournament starts, how can we view the website do our one-and-done opponents have used for the week? I think they're getting more clarity on that to make it easier to search uh, by opponent. Uh, it's still a work in progress on that part of the leaderboard in the one-and-done. We just click through the people. You can find it and see who people use. Am I crazy for liking Rory Sabatini this week? Um, he seems to be good every week, so I, I just never use him. I always prefer him at harder courses. That tends to be his jam. Pete Dye courses, harder courses, play Rory Sabatini, but he just randomly pops in other spots too, but I'm off of him. Norlander, Fowler, Steel, Homa, pick two. Just straight up, Fowler and Homa. Nick Hardy added this morning. Any thoughts on him? Not especially. Do you play DFS other than DK? I don't even know if DFS is offered other, uh, other places other than DraftKings. So play on DraftKings. The Pat Mayo experience, 
Brought to you by DraftKings. Play on DraftKings. Love the hair, Pat. What product do you use? Uh, it's, oh, it's, it's right here. Had it next to me. L'Oreal Paris. You got to go with the French for the hair product. It is uh, Mineral FX number four. Just use a little bit of paste. Get it up there. Have it good to go. Siwoo has played terribly the past two waste management. Phoenix opens. That changed this year. I mean, if I was from the fucking future, I'd tell you. Uh, I don't know. It seems like he's trending a lot better this time around. I'm off Siwoo this week. What long shots do you like for first round later? Went over those at the top. Yeah, do you ever double top 20 or double round Robins? I don't actually. Oh, you know what I did do that I forgot to mention? I played a double this week just for fucking kicks uh, between Saudi and outrights. I took my three outrights in Brooks, Ricky, and Bubba and parlayed them as a part of a round robin with, I don't even remember the jabronis that I used overseas. Thomas Peters was one of them. A TP, TP over in the desert was one of them. Uh, Thomas Peters, Justin Rose, and Tony Finau. Use those three and play them in a round robin double with Brooks, Bubba, and Ricky. Um, obviously, my stake is not going to pay out what it is because only one of those things can actually happen. But hey, if one of those happens, I'm looking good this week. Uh, just you know, put a dollar on it or something like that. I put five bucks on each of them. You put like 50 cents on each of them and they're just gigantic odds. They're more pure for entertainment value than, I mean, all betting should be for entertainment value, but that one is like a pure lottery ticket. The double top 20s isn't a terrible idea. Just got off work. Thoughts about Michael Thompson? Eh, I'm not really on him. I have a good feeling about Bubba this week. Me too. Let's do it. Uh, you doing anything with Wyndham Clark? Um, I didn't play him. Did I play him first round later? Was he a part of that mix? I can't remember now. No. I might end up using him on DraftKings though. He was the first round leader last year. New to this. What exactly does ownership mean? Ownership uh, just means the amount that that player is owned on DraftKings by the rest of the field. So if Xander is 20% owned, he is owned by one-fifth of the players playing in your tournament. Um, and when we say chalky, we say guys that are highly owned, if that's what you're looking for. Thoughts on Party Marty? Went over that. Day rebound this week. I'm using him very minimally, but I am using him. Uh, maybe warmer weather could be nice. Can PGA golfer play DFS since it's considered fantasy? I have no idea. You a big course history guy? Absolutely not. Um, there are certain courses over time that draw similar fields that course history tends to lean a little bit higher. Augusta being the most prime example of that. Waste management in terms of the course history rankings uh, is something you can put into slightly, uh, but I would just prefer to ride a recent form, look at the stats that tend to do well over course history. I'm not saying that I don't weight it whatsoever. I do like to look at it and see who's done well. I more or less use course history, not necessarily for an individual, but to group players together to see what sort of skill set tends to do well at this course that aren't the absolute best players. Like, I don't care if like, just look at Xander last week, missed four or five cuts at Torrey Pines over the course of his career. He's a top fucking five player in the world. You put him anywhere. He can play well. Tony Fino did not have a lot of success at waste management before last year. Fade Tony Fino. He doesn't play well at this course. Oh, he came second because he's fucking good. It means more, I think for your mid range player and your low end player in terms of course history, the good players will play good almost everywhere in the right week. Uh, just because they miss a cut doesn't mean they don't like that course. It just means they didn't play great. And frankly, that's the variance that comes along with golf. <sighs> Thoughts on notebook. Oh, this guy wants to get banned. 
He's new to the show. I'm not going to ban him yet, but these are the types of questions that get you fucking banned for life. See, woo, or Kuchar, neither. Did you make any futures for US Open after Tory? I did not. I'm still hitting Woodland and Ryan Palmer. Those are the two that I gave out on the futures show. Who's your number one bet to win? Uh, Bubba Watson. I don't have a number one bet to win. That's not how I bet. Will Gordon, first round leader? I can, I can dig that. Did I end up playing him? No, I didn't end up playing first round leader. Maybe I'll add to the first round leader card. Are you buying the sudden resurgence of Sam Ryder? I'm not hating. I don't think I actually mentioned him in the 6K range, but he is someone that if I was going to go stars and scrubs, I would probably sprinkle in. The ball striking was back last week. It's what you like to see. Should we smash the like button? Yes, Dane. Everyone should smash the like button. Thoughts regarding strategy? If you're doing good in one and done so far, do you pick higher own players? I would not worry about ownership in one and done just because you're leading so far. We're through three events. We got 28 more to go. Just keep trying to add to your totals. If we get to like the final four, five events, then start worrying about where you're at in the one and done if you're a leader. Now, if you're like completely out of it in eight weeks time, then you can start taking longer shots and using people no one else has. But if you're up in the one and done, just keep doing what you're doing. Head down, try to pick some winners. That is the whole goal of the one and done. People overthink this stuff way too much. It's even akin to the DraftKings ownership. All I'm basically telling you in terms of the ownership is don't use the six most popular guys. And if you do want to create some leverage, these are the guys that you can get off of uh, and maybe fade them because you don't have as good of a feeling as the rest of the field does on them. Um, so that's basically what I'm looking at for that. And if you are out of the one and done, I had a meeting this morning that maybe there is a second one and done coming in season. That's a bit shorter. And maybe you pick two guys per week uh, that if you're out of it, it's something else you can go back into. Just turned on. Are you going over the Euro tour field? No, there's a exclusive European tour show on Mayo media network right now. I don't follow the European tour closely, at least the back end of it. I know who the big guys are. I don't know the back end as much. Skylar Hoke, Tom Jacobs, they do exclusive Euro tour stuff. You can also find that uh, podcast wise on daily fantasy sports picks and bets the mix you leave a rating review on apple podcast right now with your twitter handle you're gonna draw for a hundred bucks there are multiple draws we're gonna ask the first winner on monday if you want to get into that my one and done segment is also up there as well but you can find the full european tour picks video for the saudi right now up on mayo media network highly recommend you check that out Thoughts on first round later each way wagers. Why would you do that? Because the numbers I tend to do are rather large. So uh, take Grayson, for example. Uh, Grayson is 225 to one. What did I put on him? I think I put a $4 each way on him. So an $8 total bet. So if he ends up as first round leader by himself, I win like 1200 bucks. But those the numbers on those guys are just so large that if they come inside the top five, it still pays... Fuck, on 225, I think it pays like 200 and 225, so that's 50 to 1, 52 and a half to 1 to get up there a little bit more. No, it would be 55 to 1 on $4. So on a $4 bet, if he comes third after the first round, I still get paid out like 225 bucks. I'd say it's pretty decent. Uh, that's why I like the longer shot each ways on those guys. Uh, and it can, and even if you take like eight guys per week and each way them to all the same dollar amount, uh, you'll win money if one of those guys finishes inside the top five, by and large, most of the time, if you take guys who are all over 100 to one. Uh, do you think Van Royen finishes MC or made cut? Made cut, let's go. How do you feel about the Todd father? I'm out on the Todd father. 
why is DFS golf so much more fun than NBA DFS? Because it's a bigger crapshoot. Anyone can win. Uh, if you want to play DFS NBA full times, why don't play DFS NBA? That you need to be paying attention 30 minutes before lineup lock to lock on every start of every slate because the biggest advantages are open once the star is out or this guy is out in this rotation and now this cheap guy opens up that allows you a much different build maybe the defense on the perimeter is changed because this one guy is out allowing more minutes to this guy in a different rotation on the other side you got to be on top of this shit with golf you can like legit pick six guys and you might win (laughs) that's why it's more fun and it is four days long that you get four days for your buck and you get a sweat every single day. It's just more fun. It's structured the most like football, which I think personally makes it more fun for everyone to play. Um, do you know your second name is a place in Ireland? Mayo County, Ireland. Absolutely. It's where my clan, it wouldn't be a clan if it wasn't Scottish. I don't know what the Irish is, but originally my ancestors are from Mayo County, Ireland. Do you talk about football? Not on this golf show, but yeah, you can go check out the two hour long preview for the Super Bowl that came out yesterday on the Pat Mayo Experience audio feed and on Mayo Media Network. We have a DraftKings showdown show coming out, I believe, tomorrow evening. And then a gigantic betting show on Friday with myself, Brad Evans, Jeff Radcliffe. Uh, Also a bunch of contributors from FTN giving their favorite prop bet for the Super Bowl. And spoiler alert, I actually have the guy who is the head of DraftKings Sportsbook coming on to talk about where all the handle is going on on the Super Bowl at DraftKings Sportsbook and see where all the money is coming in. So that's going to be a part of Friday's show as well. So a ton of football content. And you know, when football's in season, we do seven days a week. So you're never going to miss out on football that way. Um, is this a good course for Harold Varner to turn around? Stats say yes. My eye test says, I don't know, because I couldn't get to see him fucking play last week because there was no cameras on him, but he was not good in his return. Thoughts on Davis Riley? Bit volatile, hasn't been good in ages. Prefer him at harder courses. What's the hoodie? Fantasy National. Fantasy National golf club there's the moose antlers the moose the creator of fantasy national golf club for all the stats all the tools all the ownership and just fun for golf you play more than ten dollars a week DraftKings betting whatever you need to get a fantasy man national membership you're doing yourself a disservice by not having a fantasy national membership fantasynational.com slash mayo get you the discount which would make it eight dollars a week if you were on the weekly plan but if you're on the monthly or the annual it's much cheaper than that per week so highly recommend you go check that out sungjay or burger sungjay fungjay im any shows coming up with cam preferably another cuss corner cam is on we launched a daily fantasy and betting hockey show that runs monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday uh it's been doing really well so far the guys are actually hitting an incredible far more profitable watching that show than this show trust me on that but cam is on with me every single friday we'll work cam back into the mix but cam is a very busy man uh and i would love that we're still under lockdown order so we can't have people in come inside the like we can only have a maximum of of five people uh inside of our bubble and we try to keep our bubble tight here so we're not breaking any rules uh cam is not currently a part of that bubble and he lives really far away that i would love to have him on soon because i love cam uh maybe after football ends and we start getting into the home stretch we'll have cam back on maybe you can join jeff and i for a a betting show coming up because i love cam but you can catch him every single friday with meanie on mayo media network on the hockey show if you subscribe to fantasy hockey picks and bets much appreciate you go do that too because supporting mayo media network and all these other platforms like i said if you don't give a fuck 
about hockey or esports or whatever. If you have the bandwidth because you're on Wi-Fi to download these episodes or smash the like on them or give them a view, that means we can do more content, sell to more advertisers, create more content. And eventually coming down the line, we might have more stuff that you're interested in too if you help support the passion projects of the other people. And the community at Mayo Media Network has been glorious. Uh, I thank everyone for all their support. It's really allowed us to grow much faster than I thought that we would do. But at the same time, if I'm paying for all the stuff out of pocket, I, want, I don't want to be left being the the guy who bought GameStock the minute before it went down 300 bucks at the same time. So it has to be cost effective. And the more support we can generate behind all of the stuff, the more appealing it is to help pay for these shows as well. But a lot of people are interested in working and doing content for the network and you showing your support for them, even if you're not interested in their product, like I mentioned, really goes a long way. I really appreciate it. I know Paul really appreciates it. Uh, That's how you can really help us out. And that's how we keep everything free at the same time. I don't want to do paywall stuff. That's not my game. I like to provide content. That's free for everyone, and I want to keep it that way. Uh, Why do you have Eddie Murphy poster in the background? That's Eddie Murphy, and that's not even party all the time. That's Eddie Murphy. Put your mouth on me. So yeah, that's that's a classic vinyl. Odds on an albatross this week. Who cares? Uh, How do I free my friend Carl from his wife to be able to play DFS and Call of Duty? I don't know. Your friend. Your friend is playing a bunch of Call of Duty. The only people I know that still play Call of Duty and are like concerned about it are people who still are people in their mid thirties who live at home with their parents. Uh, it seems like a younger man's game. I don't see where people get time to. Now I I play DFS. That's my one thing to do both of them and allocate that much time towards it. My wife would kill me. I would kill my wife if she was doing that. Like that's craziness. We got kids. Love the one and done video in a thirty three person one and done. Would you always pick out of the top five each week? I think I would. Just keep it chalky. Keep it chalky. Get your winners. Now, if you're down and way behind halfway through the season, then you got to change your strategy, but keep riding what's working. Zalatoris or Scotty? The answer game theory-wise is Scotty, but I'm still going to go Zalatoris. Love the MMA show. There you go. Getting some love, Paul. Woo! Esports video was cool to see. I play League of Legends DFS every other day there. Uh, oh, thanks for tuning in on that. That... Uh, Javi's one of the best. Javi, I believe, is the fifth-rank esports DFS player in the world, and he's providing free content and picks for Mayo Media Network. You can also catch him at ftndaily.com. His like full breakdowns of each slate are behind the paywall. Worth getting, because he constantly wins, and he is giving you the plays that he is using. You can even go see the exposures to the players that he's using, but the fact that he's going to be doing for the big slates for esports, uh, League of Legends, for us in a very quick video. So if you don't care, like he's one of the legit best players in the world, and he's putting the stuff out there for free. So please go support Javi when it goes down to that too. Merch for Fantasy National Golf Club. Love to support. I think uh, Moose is working on it right now. Paul, who does Paul like this week? Paul, did you bet anyone for golf? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't placed a golf bet. You want to play week. some, you want to play a bubble week with us? Yeah, probably. He burned you last week. You shouldn't have played him last week. He literally burned me last week. I had him in one and done last week. Missed the cut. Never, I mean, never I, Bubba in the rain. I mean, I probably made it before I knew that there was going to be rain. It was, it was a big mistake. There did we go. know that there was going to be rain on Wednesday when we did this show? We did. No, oh, I'm an idiot then. Let's just let's just leave it at that. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna play some Bubba Week. Bubba Bubba Week. Let's go. Sp- and bet him first round leader too. <laughs> Because he's still 50 to 1 for that. He's 50 to 1 to win, 50 to 1 first round leader. Spieth, Day, or Kepka? First one to have a legit finish. Kepka, I mean, 
Brooks Kepka just had back-to-back top tens like four events ago. He's fine. Um, Brooks and Day are both still a cut above where Spieth is at right now. It's not even close to me. Speaking of Bubba, Bubba or Ricky? For a bet for DraftKings, I don't know what you're talking about here. I like Bubba more than Ricky, but I like them both this week. I bet them both. I'm using them both. Uh, For one and done, Ricky might actually get lesser owned than Bubba. So we'll see about that. That'll do it for me on the Pat Mayo Experience. Thank you all for tuning in. Smash the like. I'm going to keep hammering it home. Subscribe to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets The Mix, where you get a compilation of all the other sports going on, including my one-and-done picks, all in short form. You can find the videos up on Mayo Media Network. Please sub to that right now. And sub to the audio podcast. Leave the five-star review, something you like about the show, Twitter handle, email address, and you're in the draw for 100 bucks. So please go do that for now. For one and done, watch your luck. I'm not giving you my fucking picks for one and done. If you had been the case, everyone would have had Patrick Reed in the one and done last week. But I do have the one and done video where I talk through where I'm around without giving away my picks. I'm playing against you guys in that. Get my Americano just into me. Get those shots of espresso going. But thank you all for tuning in. Become a member of FantasyNational.com right now. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Get you the discount. My cheat sheet up on DKPlaybook.com. Pivot plays up on FTNDaily.com and all of the other stuff, including the Spread Picks football show. More football this week. All of the golf shows up on Mayo Media Network and the Pat Mayo Experience podcast feed. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.